welcome to the Future of Field Service podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Nicastro. Today, we're going to be getting an inside look at Schneider Electric's three pillars of service transformation. I'm excited to welcome to the podcast today, Ravi Chandra Shirsagar, who is the Vice President, Digital Buildings, Commercial and Services at Schneider Electric. Uh, Ravi, welcome to the Future of Field Service podcast. Thank you, Sarah, and thanks for inviting me. I like your podcast, so very happy to be here. Thank you. Yes, we've had a number of uh, of Schneider folks on, and it was only a matter of time before uh, before you got here. So happy to have you. Um, yeah, so before, I'm in a, I'm in Go a good ahead. list and a lucky company. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. I mean, that's one of the things I always say when I talk to folks is. When you have the opportunity to talk to different people in the same company, but across the globe, and they all feel positively about where they work, then you know the company is doing something right, you know, um, because it's not just uh, just by chance. So that's great. Um, okay, so before we we get into the transformation part of our discussion, just tell our audience a little bit about yourself, your role, anything you want to share about uh, Schneider overall, etc. So yeah, overall, uh, so first of all, Sarah, congratulations on pronouncing my name correctly. So my Thank name you. is Ravi You can address me as Ravi during this uh, podcast. Uh, so my role in Schneider Electric, I lead the commercial and services globally. So which has three main elements. I lead the demand creation and sales effort. Uh, also our offer launches and uh, prioritization of offers that we want to build for our future. Mm-hmm. Second, I lead uh, country investments and business plan, especially in our emerging markets where we want to grow our market share. We want to multiply our market share by two. And third part of ro- my role is to accelerate digitization of our services business. So modernize and digitize, which is a key pillar and a massive, massive focus for all of us. So that's in a nutshell my role in Schneider Electric. Uh, it's a great business growing at a very healthy play, uh, healthy space. And we have right market trends out there that tell us that we are in the right space. On me, uh, I've spent my uh, career across mobile uh, networks industry as well as energy industry with Schneider Electric. Uh, Schneider Electric now 12 years. Previous to that, I was in mobile networks industry roughly seven, eight years. I've worked in Southeast Asia, Middle East, Latin America, traveled a lot across the globe and learned from different cultures. Uh, I'm really passionate about sustainability, uh, net zero, and I'm passionate about this topic of digitization, you know, how we move from tangible to the intangible world and monetizing all of that and bringing value to our customers. Yeah, I love that. And I think, you know, those three areas of focus that you have, um, it sounds like it would keep you very, very busy, Um, but also, you know, really exciting the role services plays across those, you know, when you think about, you know, opportunity for growth, when you think about differentiation, and when you think about the role digitalization can play in, you know, taking so many practices out of service that contribute to, um, you know, negatively contribute to the environment, there's so much potential to you know, um, not get rid of rid of field service, but just you know streamline things in a way that we can do it much more intelligently. So it's it has to be exciting that you have you know so much potential you know to work with in in your role. And then also, you know, if you look at 
typical industrial companies out there who want to transform, uh, what happens is services is always an afterthought. When you are designing your offers, your products, you design services later. I think that is something we need to change. Mm -hmm. uh, the offers that you design, the solutions that you design, you need to think about services for your customers at the onset. You need to think about life cycle. And that really changes the game with uh, how you launch those offers, how you bring value to your customers. Yeah. And the more we do that, the better we get uh, at delivering services that bring value. Yeah, I, that's a good point. I was I was um, in Denmark a few weeks ago uh, doing a, a discussion, and and that was one of my points in my presentation. Is you know if you if you really want to seize the potential that's there, service has to become part of the company's DNA. You know, it can't. You see companies that like they want to embrace it, but only to the point that it doesn't, you know, infringe on the product legacy, right? I mean, it really has to be everything meshes together and it becomes, you know, part of the company's identity. So I, I think that's a really good point. There's no way to get the most out of the things you're trying to do if, even if for you it's top of mind, but for the rest of the business it was an afterthought, it doesn't work that way. You know, it really has to be at the at the table in all parts of the consideration and strategy. And, you know, to your point, um, the customer value proposition. It has to be, you know, right there uh with everything else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, um, a lot, a lot of these companies out there and the way we have always thought about services is as an afterthought, as I mentioned, you know, so getting into services and uh, delivering those value added services is rigorous, you know, it's tough. Mm -hmm. You, you uh, So one side, there is a challenge designing those services, deploying those services, delivering value, making sure customers recognize those values and value and pay for it mm -hmm. with that differentiation effort. At the other, on the other hand, there's a massive opportunity. What you learn with your customers, you really learn how your customers are using your offer, how they are using your technology, what are they doing with it. You go deep into the processes of your customers. And that's where you find gold. When you go deep into their organization, with their people, into their processes, that's where you find gold. That's where you conceptualize the next level of service. That's where digital transformation actually happens. Yeah, that we are talking about it doesn't happen. You know, you can't just define a product which comes out of the box and is going to transform you overnight. No, mm -hmm. you really need to go deeper over there. And for us, we are lucky. I think we have uh, great customers. We have uh, global accounts that work and deploy uh, their operations across the glo globe. We have our multi-country accounts. We have our country accounts, you know, in certain segments like life sciences or healthcare to the likes of hyperscalers. That gives us ability to innovate, co-innovate with them and bring those services faster to market in a mm -hmm. much more agile. I do not, we, we, we do not want to lose that ability. We want to even further fast track, grow with them mm -hmm. and build businesses with them. I think that's a massive opportunity for us. Yeah. So that's a good point. So when you think about, um, you know, the way the needs of your customers have evolved over the last five or 10 yeah. years, you know, so, you know, there was a point where this, these digital buildings, smart buildings, you know, um, they haven't been around forever, right? It, it's been progressing and continues to progress. But when you think about, 
you know, what are the the biggest changes um, taking place right now within your customer base? Like, what does that world look like? What are they, you know, if if someone on the outside were wanting to understand, you know, how does Schneider enable those smart buildings, digital buildings for customers? What are those customers needing today? Um, yeah, that's a that's a very good question. I mean, look at the times that we are living in today, right? Uh, you you uh, go into the capital markets reports or investor presentation of the Fortune 500 companies. Mm-hmm. Take the hundred top hundred or take ten. You know, choose any ten. Every company out there is talking about sustainability, net zero, whichever industry they are in. They are talking about digitization. They are talking about services. Mm-hmm. It's a massive opportunity in the times that we live to impact our world positively. And that's we are working on, what we are working on. Mm-hmm. So when you come to the world of buildings, uh, 40% of the carbon uh, contribution comes from buildings. 30% of the energy consumption comes from buildings. 80% of the buildings that will exist in 2050 have already been built. And same applies to the world today. So when you look at this uh, need for sustainability, when you look at the world we are living in, uh, there is a massive need to accelerate certain trends. So delivering on sustainability to our customers, net zero vision, Mm -hmm. delivering on hyper efficiency, bringing down those energy consumption. You look at Europe and the challenge that we have on energy today in Europe and across Europe. Third one, resiliency, you know, remote operations, cybersecurity, Mm-hmm. With a with with the certain things going around the world, being cyber secured is so important. And finally, comfort or environment. You know, delivering to the needs of the people uh, that occupy those buildings, uh, especially to bring people back into offices in the times that we live in, uh, as and when they are coming back, and in that hybrid environment that we talk about. So mm-hmm. those are the massive. Uh, those are the main um, needs that our customers are putting in front of us. Now, good news is that we have technologies that can deliver to those needs. Uh, the question is how we deploy, uh, how we ensure that we deliver those outcomes mm-hmm. in the right phase manner to our customers. So they see value, they are able to invest further into those technologies. So that's what is going on in digital buildings, buildings market at this time. And more and more, we are moving from the world of, uh, you know, unconnected legacy systems non cyber secure all of those what existed 5 10 years back when mm-hmm. the mindset was if it works well why replace it mm-hmm. in the world where no i want to get more out of this portfolio of buildings i want to make it uh, uh, carbon neutral i want to you know make sure it's efficient in the way it consumes energy mm-hmm. i want to make it interact with the grids the microgrids integration i want to make sure you know um, People who are entering those build, buildings are comfortable. They also have access to the services. So, and then in future, we'll have buildings who would even look at you as an individual. You know, Sarah, mm-hmm. when she enters the building, uh, she enters at this time. She likes her coffee at this time. Uh, she accesses this particular space. She likes this type of temperature. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the possibilities are uh, phenomenal. Uh, yeah. We just need to imagine and, and build a world uh, that both delivers on those sustainability needs and people needs. Right. So I have one question and then I'll, I'll add one thought. Um, the question is, and, and 
I'm sure we don't have time to get too deep into this, but as I'm hearing what you're saying, and I'm just thinking about not only what it means for Schneider, but how it applies to other industries. You said that 80% 80 of the buildings that will exist in, I can't remember what year you said. 2050. 2050 already (laughs) exist. And same thing, like, you know, so to me, what that means as someone who's delivering, you know, products and services together is, you know, when you're designing something new, okay, so I relate this back to, you know, companies that I've interviewed that um, manufacture huge medical equipment, or they manufacture, you know, huge machinery or what have you that stays in place for a very long time. You know, it's easy to think about innovation from the sense of incorporating it into new designs, right? Because that's simple. You're building yeah. from scratch, right? But in this situation, what it means is this importance of figuring out how the products and the services work together yeah. is amplified because you're going into existing buildings and retrofitting, you know, re redesigning to an extent, upgrading the infrastructure to meet current needs, and you'll have to continue to do that. So I think about that the same way I think about that when I talk to any manufacturer of a product, you know, you can think about how you design new to make it modern, but that only applies to this small subset that are, are, you know, buying today, you also are left with, to your point, 80% of the buildings already are there. So how do we modernize those and get them to where we need them to be? Yeah, that's, I'm just taking some notes. So I reply, I respond to all your points. I think uh, first one, you know, design, and then it's a very interesting point that you mentioned. I was, I was looking at the, um, the launch event of the first iPhone by Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. an amazing event. And I think I recommend everyone to look at that. Still so relevant, you know. What great Jobs did is he separated the hardware from software, mm-hmm. the device, device, hardware, and the software. And he said the innovation is going to happen at the software level. Mm-hmm. That's where we're going to launch new features, new things. And that's what is happening with iPhone today. Yeah. You see, they are launching software version with new features that are coming your hardware could be you know two or three generations back yeah but still you are able to access those features the usability the the functionality the um the the experience the intuitiveness comes from the software exactly i mean software software and this is where uh, industries like us have transformed and we are very proud that we are um, the leaders when you talk about that transformation Mm-hmm. Uh, software and digital is the core of that transformation. How you separate your hardware from the software, how you in- re- innovate on software, how you uh, add new features, launch new versions, so that when your customers choose to invest into your technology, they future-proof their investments. That's the whole core mm-hmm. of the principle. Uh, and you want to give that confidence to your customers that yes, you have invested in the right technology, which is open, it will operate across different systems, will bring you new features that will help you extract further value out of that technology. And it will work with the same hardware for a period of time until we have to launch new hardware that needs that processing capacity, we should work with that software. Mm -hmm. So that's the overall vision. Then coming back to those 80% building stock, Mm -hmm. that's the biggest challenge and that's the biggest opportunity in front of us. I mean, if you look at 40% of carbon emission and 80% of the building, the equation is same. Mm-hmm. The biggest opportunity lies in the 
install base that is out there the retrofitting or the renovation you know mm-hmm. that you were mentioning mm-hmm. and here you go you could go with two possible scenarios one is digital first mm-hmm. so you go up at that portfolio you look at those those buildings and you retrofit them with digital uh, something uh, you know in a simple words a data and analytics software that helps you extract first level of um, uh, first level of understanding about that asset how that is used the ca- kind of consumption uh, that is having and the first level of impact on outcomes mm-hmm. that you can deliver on that that portfolio and that's already being done and the second is full modernization in a phased manner so here you start with software you replace the software you keep the hardware below similar if it operates with the same software and most cases we are able to do that uh, in some cases we need to completely rip and replace the hardware as well and then you move that building or that asset to the new world and then you track its journey into uh, you know delivering those sustainability efficiency and and comfort needs in mm-hmm. both in each of these cases it depends on the customers now you know if you are if you are a customer of imagine a real estate portfolio across a country like australia or us in that case digital first approach is good approach to start mm-hmm. you put that digital layer on top you identify all the first level outcomes you go at it and that's all maintenance approach you know changing the way you maintain that asset or you you know take it to condition based maintenance from mm-hmm. preventative or ad hoc uh, break fix to condition based maintenance and then the second case you completely transform that asset to attract new talents uh, to attract uh, Uh, new occupants who are able to pay higher dollar value from what mm-hmm. uh, you are gaining on that asset today and you you know with that investment you can expect uh, 20% more uh, rents on uh, typical buildings mm-hmm. that exist out there so that 80% is very important to address that first and ensure that technology really uh, brings outcomes to those yeah the other thing i was going to say more of a thought is you know these conversations get very complex quickly right because of all of the different considerations that go into this but at the end of the day you know we talked at the beginning about how you know services has to be top of mind it has to be at the table it has to be part of a business's identity you know and really you know when when you think about how to achieve that really it's this focus on outcomes you know we talk about outcomes based service all the time but i don't know that we really simplify what that means you know and and i think that at the end of the day this this idea that when you talk about the level of complexity you're talking about in the yeah. the software and the hardware and and you know the pace at which things evolve today right customers they care but what do they care about they care about the outcome they care about what those changes mean to their goals and initiatives and schneider's ability to support that right and so i think you know if you really for a business that's struggling to really evolve right i think if you think about this from the sense of you know when we talk about outcomes based service we're talking about really two things stepping away from your t- mental ties to product and services and looking at those things cohesively as the outcome right and then also to your point which is so so important you can't deliver outcomes to customers without really deeply understanding what their needs are you know 
And so if if I think I'm I'm really super simplifying this, but this people get really hung up for a lot of reasons. You know, I mean, you have all of this legacy thinking and processes, et cetera, that keeps people in the weeds. At the end of the day, you know, embracing this idea of today's customers really don't give a damn about X product and Y service, right? They care about what outcome you can provide them. And as a business, you know, doing that means really understanding what their needs are because you can't just start, you know, ad hoc packaging up your your existing products and services and hope that it meets their need. You have to really understand what their business looks like, what pain points they have, what goals they look like. And then that's how you you build those outcomes. So, you know, I can understand with the advances in digitalization, I, I'm assuming for, for Schneider and its customers, that complexity has continued to increase, which means your customers are relying more and more on you to master that complexity in a way that says to them, here's how we can help you. Your goal is to reduce, you know, your your CO2 or or your uh, environmental impact by X. Here's how we can help you. Your goal is to reduce your energy costs by Y. Here's how we can help you, right? So can you talk a little bit about, you know, how the, I guess it's, it's in some ways the commercial relationship, right? Like the shift from CapEx to OpEx, this idea of, delivering outcomes instead of delivering things and services. Um, What has that looked like with your customers as you have, you know, gotten closer to their needs and really worked toward, you know, creating value propositions that are outcomes based? So uh, to to step back a bit, uh, I would divide, you know, I would divide the conversation into two parts. So first understanding the customers, then understanding the outcomes. Mm-hmm. So let's let's focus on the first part, understanding our customers. So I would divide the whole customer discussion into two main streams. You know, number one is the segments. Segments means uh, customer is part of the group with homogeneous type of needs mm-hmm. that they have. So customers in healthcare, hotels, life sciences, data centers, airports, commercial real estate, all of them in that group would have similar type, similar needs. And you could share those needs across those customer groups called segments. And the second is the type of customer. Is he a global customer, a strategic customer who deploys the same offer across the globe or he builds across the globe? Is he a multi-country customer, you know, in specific geographies across countries they are building? Or is he only present in a country, mm-hmm. you know, and that's where uh, he is there. And then you could have the last category, which is the diffused in that country. Mm-hmm. So just to simply simplify a bit the discussion. Uh, the first thing, you know, whenever you talk about outcomes or digitization, it's very important to understand uh, your customer ecosystem, your customer landscape in those dimensions having deep understanding of what segments do you serve and what type of customers in those segments you serve. Mm-hmm. Having that those understanding and that understanding in a deeper sense helps you prioritize and focus. Very important in this type of discussion of outcome-based mm-hmm. services. 
So then you have customers who are in data centers. You have the top customers. Their needs are very similar. They want standardized architecture. They want two-hour SLA or two-hour service on site. They would be, you know, they would be very open to remote services with some uh, some conditions attached around that. Uh, you have life sciences customers who are building vaccines production, vaccine production, medical devices, all of that. Their needs are very similar on environment management and type of services they are looking over there. Mm -hmm. Likewise for healthcare, airports, yeah. So you can go on and on. Then in that dimension, you have your top customers who are looking to innovate, who want those outcomes yesterday. Mm -hmm. They want to go very fast because they have committed to their investors, their employees, their, their markets, you know. So in that, you define your priority. Normally, if you want to pilot a service and you want to go fast on outcome-based services, you focus on that top of the pyramid mm -hmm. the type of This is where you can pilot, you can uh, co-innovate, you can partner, and you can ensure that dollar that you invest, you get a return. It's mm -hmm. very important. Mm -hmm. When you invest a dollar, you want more dollars coming out so that you can invest more in the technology, in the, in the structure that you build. So for that, for me, that prioritization is key when you go to outcome-based model, mm -hmm. which customer, which segments, and what are we going to deliver over there? And then to your point, instead of creating ad hoc packages and you know going out there and pushing it in the market, doesn't work very well. Not all customers are ready for the service of tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So that's number one. Then number two is outcomes. You know, outcomes, this is also very important. Which outcomes are you going to deliver? If you say sustainability, what is the baseline? What is the out, what is the level of commitment you can make? Mm -hmm. What is the commercial conditions are attached around that? Same for efficiency, same for comfort. You need to understand the parameters in which you and your company play. Yeah. So there are companies out there. They would go and sign, you know, some um, some uh, contracts uh, that would commit to the outcomes that we are going to deliver this, you know, and and we'll go at it. Mm -hmm. There are companies who do go other way around. Yeah, we can promise you, but we cannot commit. We can we cannot sign the line. Mm -hmm. So you need to understand that as well. Where do you play in that, right? What is your strength in that outcomes-based services? And then you need to stick to your strength and the financial parameters in which, uh, the, the financial framework in which you and your company work in. Mm -hmm. For me, that's the second point very important and to educate our salespeople and our delivery people so that we really deliver what we commit to our customers. Mm -hmm. in, in this particular pay, play of services digitization, delivery customer success is even more important than selling. Mm -hmm. Because what happens is you start with you know two or three sites, a customer with a portfolio of 100, let's say a real estate customer. He says, I want to pilot on two buildings with you guys. If you deliver over there, then we are going to go at 10, 20, 30, 50, 100, right? Yeah. That's the phase. Delivering to commitment is so important. That's why you need to understand your customer landscape, what outcomes you will deliver, and then delivering them actually. I mean, mm -hmm. that's where that's where you feel uh, like a winner, you know? Yeah. When, when you deliver that, you get this sense of satisfaction uh, as, as, as a leader, as a team, as a company that, yes, we have done something uh, that, that gives us, you know, that legitimacy in this market. Mm -hmm. uh, that gives you confidence that whatever whatever we have built actually works. Mm -hmm. It actually delivers. That's why mm -hmm. I said technologies exist. How do you make it more relevant, more um, 
available out there and accelerate the way it brings impact. Yeah. So I realize we're going to run out of time. So I, I want to try and get through a couple more things quickly. But um, one of the things you said I have to go back to, which is you said not all today's customers are ready for the services of tomorrow which I think is a really good point in terms of prioritization. Um, but my question for you, and, and we don't necessarily have to get into the details on this today, but I would love to talk about it more. My question is that triangle you're working at the top then, you know, the people that you that meet the criteria for really in, co-innovating with today, do you feel the work you're doing there ultimately will trickle down as more companies become ready for the services of tomorrow. Do you know what I'm saying? So, so let me let me correct myself. You know, I mean, the type of offer. So if you go top of the pyramid, the type of offer technology you would need is very different, could be different from the technology that we uh, you need at the bottom, you know, mm -hmm. diffuse customers, small sites across. Sure. Uh, country so we 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 are you know bringing those offers to the market as well and uh, that's that's the place so where i think you need to understand with this offer and that technology which part of customers uh, which part of uh, the the pyramid that you're working with mm -hmm. then on the top of the pyramid uh, uh, i think we have learned some lessons you know we are in this digital journey for a few years now we have accelerated we have learned our lessons and what is important is we don't want to learn the same lessons mm -hmm. in different countries. Mm -hmm. We want to make sure we have learned the lesson and then uh, we, we get ahead of it. You know, we, we yeah. apply it in a much more rigorous way when we are working with those customers. Yeah. So here, I think uh, I think your question is on how do we co-innovate or partner with them and make sure that we are delivering on those outcomes, right? That's your... No, I mean, I think you answered, you answered my question. It's just that today you have customers at different tiers of that pyramid that have different needs. I just tend to think that the, the most innovative things you're creating at the top of the pyramid over time will trickle down. You know, like I think that that's kind of what happens with innovation um, is that over time, you know, the capabilities become easier to deliver, the customer demands, you know, the people down here start to want what the people up here have. And so those value propositions evolve. Okay. So what I want to talk about next is, you know, we're talking about all these changes in customer expectations and digital capabilities and what Schneider can offer. Yeah. So that also then, you know, impacts how the company evolves in its own service transformation, right? And so, you know, how you internally adapt to providing these uh, outcomes-based services. So we talked about when we, when we spoke for this podcast, we talked about three pillars of that, and I'm hoping you can just briefly touch on each. So technology, people, and then the organization. So can you share a little bit you know, just at a high level, the considerations for those three pillars in how they relate to, you know, being able to execute on the type of, of service offerings we've talked about today. Yeah. So uh, overall, our vision uh, and ambition, uh, Sarah, is to deliver 80% of our services in a digital uh, manner by the end of 2025, it's a tall ask. 
Uh, however, we are on track uh, to get there. And these are the three pillars that uh, I mentioned to you, technology, people, processes, delivery model. You know, those are the three I, uh, I, I we, me and my team, we fully focus on. So starting with technology, uh, one is on the offer side, second is on the deployment side. So on the offer side, what are the technologies that we have and what are the techn technologies we are incubating, the types of features that we are prioritizing to get to that remote dig digital service delivery model. So what that means is reducing more work on site and bring it into digital uh, mode of delivery. So that's on the offer side. Also, you know, advent of AI and uh, bringing those AI-based service delivery models, which I presented in Amsterdam as well mm -hmm. uh, during the event, how we are piloting those and delivering value to our customers. Second is deployment. Uh, on deployment side, as I was mentioning, you know, more how do we accelerate modernization and digitization of our install base and enterprise customers out there? Mm -hmm. So that's a that's a massive uh, work that uh, our teams are doing across the globe, working with our customers to accelerate that journey uh, to show them the, the risks of, of staying on the legacy system and the value of moving towards the new uh, modern systems, right? Including digital delivery and bringing value to our customers to start first level of digital services with the offer that we deliver uh, today, you know, which is eco structure for building, mm -hmm. which connects directly into the cloud and starts the delivery of uh, services. The second part is people. When you uh, when you uh, uh, when you accelerate your technology, your innovation, you need your people to understand uh, the value of that technology and how it delivers outcomes to your customers, and you want them to embrace that technology. Mm -hmm. So that means that needs a lot of support to your people, their competency development, and clarity on how they would deliver services in the new world. Mm -hmm. One of the things we did as a team is to reimagine the role of service technicians in, in 2030 and 2025, 2025, sorry, 2025 and 2030. Reimagine the role of service technician and write it today as a job description <coughs> and think about how he should be adopting that technology. Mm -hmm. The technology may exist today and may not exist. So this is the vision we need to give to our people. We need to build competencies uh, to help them understand the new world, which is not only building management system, but cybersecurity, networking, working with, working with data layer, network layer. That's the second part mm -hmm. and helping them to bring more impact to their customers. These guys are very close to their customers and which is the best part of it. Mm -hmm. They would look even better if they use that technology. And third part is about processes, the delivery model itself, right? It's, it's not going to be the same. So, we need to adapt ourselves. We need to help our customers adapt uh, to that delivery model. Uh, how you go from tangible way of delivering service with a truck roll to intangible with digital. So something you are doing once a month, once a quarter, once a year, now you can do every instant of time with mm -hmm. digital. Mm -hmm. And that brings so much value. And it's important uh, you define your processes, your delivery model with that, and you work with your customers as well. So mm -hmm. they understand that. So those are the three in a nutshell uh, that we have built and we are working with our customers to deploy that. Uh, I think that's going to be the next frontier, you know, especially yeah. people part. 
how we accelerate that faster and people embrace technology even at a much faster pace. Yeah, I agree. Um, you probably saw me taking some notes. So I was uh, writing down, you know, um, a couple of other topics that would be great to have you back on to talk in depth about, you know, so digging into a couple of these specific areas, because I think they're so super relevant. So um, be prepared for uh, for me to to follow back. I'm, up. I'm very passionate about this topic. You know, I love uh, I love the topic. I mean, what I mentioned, sustainability, net zero. And this does not apply only to Schneider. I think every company needs to find its purpose in this world and then define your focus and how you uh, bring value to your mm -hmm. customers. Customers are looking for it. I mean, they, they want something uh, where it, it makes them look good in their market with their customers, their right. people. So what can yeah. we do, right? So yeah, I'm happy to join whenever you want. And I've been asked, especially when you talk about this evolution to remote service and the tangible versus intangible, that would be a great conversation to have because I think it's something people are really struggling to wrap their heads around. And, you know, I've been asked a few times, like, what does sustainability have to do with service? And I'm like, are you kidding? You know, people have these guys out in guys and girls out in trucks showing up, literally going out, driving around, showing up, not having what they need to do the job, going back, going back again. I mean, it's, you know, there's a, an immense amount of waste, you know, so even if the goal isn't to be able to go all remote, if you can just leverage remote to bring intelligence in to, you know, only go when it's necessary and when you're prepared, I mean, there's a massive amount of opportunity. So it's really yeah. interesting. No, two, I mean, just to add, uh, you know, two, two data points there. I mean, one you mentioned, like people traveling back and forth and I mean, going to site, just going around walking doesn't mean you're delivering value. So mm -hmm. I think reimagining re and stepping back on that to reimagine the new world of service is very important for every company. Second, in our industry, I mean, 72% uh, of the embodied carbon is in the buildings that are already built. So for us, it's critical, key. And I can tell you a lot of the companies out there, whatever you're building, there is a sustainability impact of it. Actually, I'm going through my own understanding of sustainability to go into that topic in a deeper way uh, with a sustainability expert certification. Oh, so that's awesome. I think it's, yeah, it's just to understand, you need to understand the topic deeper to uh, to really comment on it, whether it impacts your business or not. And chances are it does impact your business. Yeah. The deeper you go, the better you understand. Yeah. Um, okay, so two more questions. One is, um, when you think about you know, not how far you've come, which is fantastic, mm -hmm. but where we're going next. You know, when you think about this services of 2025, services of 2030 and beyond, what would you say is the biggest challenge that you expect to have to overcome to really, you know, get to where you want to be? Um, I think that's a great question. Um, I would say there are three main challenges that that we need to overcome to really go faster on on uh, digitization of services and to the new world. Number one is people. I mentioned that service business is about people. It was about people. It is about people, and it will always be about people. And we need to really pay attention to our people and make sure we hold their hand. 
and uh, we bring them you know with us in that mm-hmm. new world it's not about replacing people there's so much work out there there's so much so many outcomes we need to do we need to do it with the same experts and even mm-hmm. bring new generation of leaders into this industry so it is about people you know um, to uh, to ensure that we address that challenge head on and in a very organized way number 2 is about technology technology is about collaboration you know mm-hmm. so it's not just uh, schneider electric or other company in this in this um, uh, in this ecosystem we are part of the ecosystem mm-hmm. and that means you need open technologies that operate across different systems across vendors across you know different protocols we are able to build those open architectures that have uh, independent data layers so you have applications and outcomes that you delivered today and you are ready to build applications that you would need tomorrow mm-hmm. future proofing your technology that's a key part mm-hmm. and ensuring that openness in your technology is very important um, everyone building their own technology is great but if it doesn't operate with others is a challenge mm-hmm. and the third one is adoption adoption deployment we need to move away from this legacy mindset right if it works i don't need to replace it it's not just about maintenance maintenance you know is a very uh, interesting word maintenance means maintain you know maintain the same performance like this same line mm-hmm. today it's about outcomes so outcomes performance means going up improving mm-hmm. you know so delivering more than what was asked so if you stay on that le- old legacy mindset oh this is you, you don't move to that world of outcomes world of performance mm-hmm. and every asset every uh, every um, yeah building out there needs to perform to the best possible level so here the facility managers the people who are working the engineers need to move to that new world and try newer technologies and deploy them at scale mm-hmm. so that uh, we deliver bigger outcomes on sustainability faster yeah. i would say those three yeah people technology the open collaboration and uh, adoption yeah. moving away from legacy mindset yeah good all good points um last question ravi is you know as a service leader um you know you mentioned you've been at schneider 12 years uh 12 years has brought a lot of change, you know, and you are responsible for um, you know, a good scope of things. Uh so in your experiences, um what's the biggest lesson you've learned? Yeah, I mean, the biggest biggest lesson I've learned is uh, uh listen to your customers and listen to your people. Mm-hmm. So customers listening to your customers uh is very important and listening means active listening understanding what they are doing with your technology where they are deploying it what type of outcomes they want to deliver and and uh, triangulating that across different customer groups mm-hmm. maybe one customer will tell you something <coughs> another was and tells you something the market tells you something else mm-hmm. and together that creates uh, immense value you know if you are able to um triangulate and uh, analyze that information to create certain uh, priority areas where you should be investing uh, your energy as well as your resources mm-hmm. and second is about listening to your people i think our people especially the technicians in the field the engineers these guys have immense knowledge they know their customers better than you know sometimes anyone mm-hmm. and uh, i spend a lot of time in the field i spend time going to sites with with our engineers 
<coughs> and those are the best journeys you know where they are mm-hmm. telling you how the customer is using it they'll even tell you something better than anyone has thought on the offer road map i can tell mm-hmm. you that it's amazing so that's listening to your people is very important i would add a third one i think the lesson which is you know it's, it's kind of applies to all the leaders in every industry is executing mm-hmm. delivering on commitments delivering on performance because when you deliver then you get more investment in your business in a group like ours or anywhere else uh, you need to ensure that performance is moving uh, and you are able to attract investment to your business uh in the group so those yeah. those three things i would say uh, customers people and execution is a priority third one i added later but yeah it always on my mind yeah executing well yeah well like you said earlier when you're talking about moving to outcomes you know you are are only as good as your execution right so it's it's a very important point all good points ravi thank you so so much for coming and and sharing with me uh and our listeners and as i said i took some notes so i'll look forward to having you back again in the in the near future um but appreciate your time and appreciate you uh coming on thank you sara it was a pleasure uh, to have this discussion and uh, yeah uh, i would be happy to join you whenever you want thank you i appreciate that you can learn more by visiting us at futureoffieldservice.com please be sure to uh, make sure you subscribe to the Future of Field Service Insider so you can stay up to date on all of the latest content. Also check out the dates for the 2023 live tour. The Future of Field Service podcast is published in partnership with IFS. You can learn more at ifs.com. As always, thank you for listening.